Welcome to episode 38 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre. On Stageworthy, I might talk one-on-one with an actor, director, playwright, or producer, or I might get a group of people together to talk about a specific aspect of theatre in Canada. If you'd like to be a guest on Stageworthy or just want to drop me a line, you can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. Carlin Ramey is a playwright and actor who just finished a five Fringe Festival tour with her solo play, Sar Free. If you enjoy the podcast, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or Google Music or whatever podcast app you use and consider leaving a comment or rating. Um, I would actually love to start with what was it that, that, that sort of drove you to create the show that you took on tour this summer? Yeah. Um, for like why I chose that one to tour? Well, let's start with what, like what drove you yeah. to write it? Um, well, the, the show is about, um, it's a storytelling show about how I, I went to why and how I went to Scotland and Ireland and, and traveled on my own for the first time. Um, and and um, if you've seen the show, there's a man involved in, in all of that, of course. Um, so uh, because it's storytelling and because it's true, it was really fresh. It all just happened uh, right at the end of last year. Um, so right mm. before I went on this trip, I applied for the calf tour because um, I really I knew I needed something this year to artistically to kind of hold on to and put my energy into um, after I came back from this uh, this adventure <laughs> and then I yeah I found out I got it right before I left so it was kind of okay I'll go and I'll, I'll do this and I'll come back and then hopefully I'll I'll have something to say it and tell and then it ended up being um, this whole story and me revealing a lot about my life in the last couple of years, not just uh, the trip. So uh, yeah, that's kind of where it all came from. <laughs> so you you entered the lottery before yeah. you had a show, before you even knew if yeah. you had a thing to write yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, 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 that takes that takes yeah. that well, takes how, something. Yeah, I think <laughs> as and most artists do, like we struggle with deadlines. Like you, I've seen you you talk about that, Phil. Like it's, it's really hard to finish something. And I have been trying to finish something for three years. I've been, I've been trying to write a a one woman show. And then finally I Mm -hmm. saw um, uh, a a few storytelling shows at the fringe. And I was like, Oh, they're just getting up there and they're just talking and they're just sharing their own experiences. I, I can do that. I, that, that I can, I can finish. So I set my deadline and and then that was that. Was there something that you thought a, a one-woman show or a solo show had to be before you saw those? Um, I I had never seen a storytelling show, so I I, I I'd seen mm. some that were a little bit more theatrical. That mine kind of ended up being anyway, but um, I'd never seen someone just get up and and tell a story. Uh, I didn't even know that kind of thing mm. <laughs> existed. So, yeah, I know it's so crazy. <laughs> it's such a huge part of theater and fringe, and. And I hadn't really seen it. I, I mean, all theater is storytelling, but not someone just get up with a water bottle, just be themselves, and and just and just talk. And um, 
and I loved it and and I was uh, gripped on every single word so I wanted to to yeah. try just connecting with the audience just being me on stage do you remember what it was yeah it was, was uh, you saw? there was Sam Mullins um the untitled Sam Mullins project I, I think it was called that oh of Sam Mullins. Oh man. Yeah. 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 And Love then that, Sam. and of, and of course I, I saw um, two shows by Jeff Laird and, and his energy every year inspires me to like mm. want to get on stage and just explode. So those two, I was like, wow, I want to blend that and then create something. So, and, and, and this was really your first, not just your first uh, one woman show, but like your, your first. Um, I did. Uh, I've done, London Fringe twice. Um, mm-hmm. One of those was a show I co-created with two other people. Uh, so it was an ensemble show that we'd we'd written it and put on. But this was my first go at uh, on my own writing and, and creating. And so you did, instead of like just going to one, you you went whole hog and went into the, the yeah. full five. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. <laughs> go go all the way or nothing at all, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, that's very true. That's very true. Um, it's also, I mean, you were very lucky because, I mean, yeah. the calf lottery is, 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 I mean, the competition's pretty, pretty yeah, heavy for, for that. Yeah, for sure. I don't think... Yeah, I forget kind of who told me about it and and... Or or what my thought process was, I don't think I realized how big of a thing it was until, yeah, until I applied, and then they they tell you pretty uh, like a week later. It's it's very short, um, and then it kind of it kind of blew up, and and I was like, what mm. did I just do? But uh, but it was it was wonderful. It was a great experience. I loved it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like you know, uh, it's like the yeah. instant tour. Instead of having to go to individually to a bunch of fringe festivals, you're, you're like you know as soon as that that happens that you're doing fi- the five yeah. cities that you want to do. and I think do. I didn't realize that. I mean, I, I the people I'd spoke to said that it takes you know years and years and years to get in. So I really wasn't expecting to get in right off the way. I was like, I better yeah. start applying now. So in ten years, I'll finally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, just just like trying to get into say the yeah. Toronto fringe, for example, it can take years and years but you never know because of that exactly. that lottery nature i mean there are people who do apply for years and years and there's people who apply the first year yeah. and they just and, get and, in. and and some people have got i've got it like three or, or four times which i didn't realize until i, I met them and i was yeah. like oh, okay <laughs> you know it does happen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does it does um now you were saying that you'd, you'd created uh shows yourself have you always been somebody who who writes uh your um, stories or is that something new I've, for I you? I do try uh, and write what I know. So it, whether it's my experiences or experience of people closest to me, um, when I was trying to write a show um, over the past few years, it was always stories of friends or stories of, of me, but um, kind of underneath a, a character that I would create. So, yeah, this was the first time mm. of, of just really, uh, it's, a, you know, sharing my own my own stories while still being me on stage Did that oh scream? for sure um and and i mean this type of show uh, this was an experience uh that was extremely embarrassing i mean it's about um a breakup and 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 
uh, what I thought was going to happen. It didn't happen. I mean, the show is not about that, but it's a small part. Um, and, and a lot of people didn't really right. realize that that's what happened. I kind of keeping that hidden. So it was, I had a couple moments where I would call my director and be like, I can't do this. I can't tell everyone what actually happened. This is too embarrassing. Like I'm mortified, mm. but then we'd have the conversation of, but that's good theater. I mean, that's, that's what people want to see. They, they, that's, that's truth. And that's what happened. So it put, pushed me forward, luckily. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's the, that, that, at Fringe for solo shows, there's there's kind of two kinds of of shows that you can see, and that one is uh, sort of fiction, and one is the very confessional uh, style of uh, mm-hmm. of storytelling, um, where the story comes comes from inside you, and and quite honestly, um, in some cases, like that's there's something really terrifying about you know, I mean, as actors, we're often used to having you know the character between, you know, between us and the audience. And if you're just telling a story about you, you're, there's nothing. (laughs) It's just you, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. uh, And and like an extra level of, um, of stakes that are just personal because you're really opening yourself up and, and bearing it all. (laughs) I kept feeling so close to everyone who'd seen the show because I just felt like they were my best friend. They knew everything that happened to me. Well, you just you yeah. just told them like you're and a, and a relatively recent yeah, embarrassing story. Was, you know? I made it harder on myself too by making it something that I was literally still going through. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, there's a certain I have to give you kudos for bravery on that because you know I, it took me eight years to write my show and it's you know fictionalized. There's a lot of fiction in there as well as some truth. But it took me a long time before I was ready to face what I'd written. So there's a lot of bravery in like going through a thing and then just really just a, uh, a few months later, just getting up and telling people about Thanks. it. Thanks. Yeah. Well, when you apply for the cafe, <laughs> no show. Well, <clears throat> you better be ready to do it. Yeah. Because yeah. you kind of have no choice. Talk about your deadline. Um, have you have you always been a, a uh, performer? Pretty much. Yes. Um I've always known that I wanted to be an actor. Um, Storytelling is a new thing for me, but I've I've always loved theater since I was twelve or younger. Mm. It, one thing that I, I just I just sort of noticed that you 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 it sounds like you you're making a bit of a distinction between storytelling yeah, and I, acting. I guess um, um, I shouldn't be. I just I just started going to Toronto uh, to do some of their storytelling nights. So I guess that's kind of stuck in my head right now of, of like getting up with a mic and, and, and sharing a story and then uh, doing it, writing a show and, and doing it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it really isn't, it really is so, so fluid in each other. There, there really isn't that much of a distinction. No, cause I was about to, I was about to say, cause what you were doing, I mean, that there, there isn't, I don't, I wouldn't want to make that kind of distinction cause they're, you're on a stage doing a thing and, if you're doing it well, you're you're kind of not separating yourself from yeah. the emotion behind the stories. So it's still it is mm-hmm. definitely still acting. Um, were, how, what? How old were you when you knew that that theater was something you wanted to do? Um, uh, well, if you look in like my grade eight grad book, it says uh, future profession um, actor or special education teacher, and now I 
I work with people with special needs and I'm an actor. So pretty, pretty young. I'm one of those very, very <laughs> lucky people that have always kind of always known what they wanted to do. I think a lot of us who, who go into theater, I, I, I think I've only spoken to a couple of people who came to it yeah, very it late in the other, Earlier late. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did do you remember what it was that made you want to do that? Do, um, do theater? I think. Um, well, I have I have ADHD, and um, I th- one of the things that I loved was that that rush that you get. That's kind of the first memory of 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 it before uh, right before you you get up in front of all those people, you just get this surge of adrenaline, and and I'm being the kind of kid that I was. That was just the the greatest feeling I'd ever felt. So I wanted to go after that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Do you remember what your first the, your first experience with that was? What yeah. the, what show it, it was? Uh, we had created uh, masks out of um, uh, some some sort of hard paper mache material or something, and we did a uh, Snow White, and I was dopey. So I didn't even <laughs> have any words. So I don't know why I was so hyped up about it, but. <laughs> You know, the first time that you get up in front of people, it doesn't really matter yeah, if you're yeah. speaking or not. It, it can still be a terrifying and exciting thing. Um, when did you realize that, when did you know that it was a thing that you could do, like, to make um, a living? Well, I had, I mean, in high school, I had known that there were theater uh, um, uh, programs, sorry. Um, so I had applied to a few, and I, I went to Fanshawe College for theater arts. Um, so, so I guess sometime through throughout uh, my high school years, I figured that people people are are doing it. Um, and then mm-hmm. it's only recently that I realized that this whole concept of independent theater, which is amazing theater of people creating their own work, is a thing. So I'm kind of going in in that direction now, rather than um, auditioning for for uh, professional companies in. Yeah, what's kind of interesting is I had this realization last night. I was in, I was talking to somebody else, uh, and I, I came to this realization that if I wasn't creating my own stuff, I would probably not be doing theater. Anymore. Yeah, I think everyone has to, and that was a big thing that they that they told us in school too. Is you you have you can't just you know survive off of other people. You need to uh, make your own work. That's kind of a recent thing because when I was in theater school a long time ago, nobody talked about that. It was all, you know, you'll go to the audition, you'll get the job, you'll audition for the next thing, you'll get that job yeah. and so on and so on and so on. And that was all that they talked about. It, um, and we've had to learn since then about, you know, making your own work and the importance of for it. Sure. And as much as my, I mean, even my program, uh, you know, told us we had to make our own work. We never learned how to, you know, apply to Fringe or, you know, find a dramaturge or, or any of that. So you, it's a lot of you're done school, you're out and <laughs> figure it out. Well, there, there is there is a lot of that. Yeah, I was lucky because I went to George Brown Theater School and we had a business of acting course, which was super rare. Um, it was the only school at the time that I knew of that had like any course that talked about this is how the yeah, business yeah. of acting works. Um, now, am I correct that you've, you've, you've done some work with, uh, uh Victoria Urquhart? And I did, yeah, the they were my, uh, their, one of their first shows, Shakespeare on a Subway in Toronto was my first mm-hmm. show out of, out of school, um, seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and, and, and I mean, I've talked to Victoria about this, but what was it like, um, performing Shakespeare in front of people who many of whom may just have wanted to yeah. get home? <laughs> um, it was, it was a very interesting experience. I'm glad I, I, you know, I did that it was the first thing I did after school. Um, it's, it's kind of exhilarating and hard at the same time because some people are pleasantly surprised and some people are pulling the alarm on you. <laughs> So uh, it was a lot of fun. Luckily, you're with a group, not by yourself, so you're able to kind of laugh about it afterwards. Mm. But definitely something That's that true. I think w- was important that uh, that uh, uh, Tori created because I mean, it's just things like Shakespeare, for example. It's just not accessible for for some everyday people, whether it's too expensive or they just haven't had a good experience with it. So. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people who think they don't like Shakespeare because they only remember that they didn't like yeah. it in high school and they carry that with mm-hmm. them. And they, they haven't actually had the opportunity to see mm-hmm. see it live. And, and see it done with, you know, uh, a little bit of uh, a, a, a comedy and, and a little bit of um, more relatability that I think people are really starting to do now with, with Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's always, I mean, I think that, that, that when you, when you do Shakespeare, uh, and sometimes if you, if you adhere a little too much to the idea of, oh, we have to do it period. So we have to have these elaborate mm-hmm. costumes and things like that. You're kind of putting a barrier between yourself and your audience. Cause it's hard to identify with somebody who's wearing a rough and yeah. <laughs> pumpkin pants and things yeah, like that. Yeah, especially, especially for, you know, young people who are getting their first experience with it. Um, yeah, for Absolutely. Sure. To go back to your, your fringe <laughs> tour, um, I, I, what was the learning curve like for you in terms of getting ready to, yeah, to do that, this? Yeah, huge. <laughs> um. Uh, luckily, I had a, a friend uh, who's in Riblick Republic, uh, John Patterson, who I'd met in the London Fringe a few years ago. So after I got on the calf, I, I called him and and we had um, like monthly chats like leading up to Fringe about all the things I would need to do. Facebook ads, um, contacting media, d- t- learning how to use Twitter, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is so helpful for Fringe. Um just mm-hmm. just all those basic things and then and then tons of different guerrilla theater tactics and so l- like learning all those producer sides of things while trying to write your show was uh absolutely insane to do all at once um big big learning curve yeah. for sure after you know talking with 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 John and then starting your tour were there things that 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 worked better than others things that you sort of maybe went in starting to think that you would do, but it just wasn't working. So you had to uh, stop doing them and, and rely on something else to 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 get your um, your word out. There was, uh, yeah, I mean, things even th- things as simple as um, uh, it's good to like choose a certain a certain show that might be a bit more similar to your show to flyer. Um, there are certain mm. shows where there's a big you know an emotional impact at the end. Um, for example, your show. So, I mean, exit, exiting flyering that mm. show probably yeah. the best thing. <laughs> um, 
And yeah. and so you kind of learn just by trial and error. I mean, you might see a line and you're like, oh yeah, they're all leaving. I'll I'll grab them. But I mean, sometimes it's better to to leave it and and get the next one. Yeah, no, I often found when when I was on tour that I mean, I found it easier to fly a yeah. line going in. Yeah, and John always told out. me that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but but you know, some fringes don't. There yeah. there aren't lineups. Like I found in Montreal, the people don't line up. They just sort of roll up yeah, the time do. for the show. Um, and the tricky thing there too is I kind of had to realize that I wasn't going to be a person that says a few things and gives a, a flyer and then walks away. I, I'm the type of person that kind of has to sit and talk with them for five minutes. So I'll get less people, but in the end, I think it's sometimes, I mean, if that's more your style, then you're more effective that way. So it I have to figure out what works yeah. for you in regards to that sort of thing. So which I did, did you uh, do? London, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, and Hamilton. I stayed all close to home. So you kind of went close to home. Far, you sort of went so London, and then all the way to Quebec, and then back, and then back, yeah. and then closer to home. Yeah, kind of a big circle. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what did you? Fine. I mean, I know every mm-hmm. fringe is different. Um, what did you learn about about the fringes? Uh, um, that you well, a big to? thing was I had no idea. I thought there was kind of a standard for you know all of them, um, but really, once they've got the name, they can kind of do what they they want. And so, all of them have completely different guidelines and rules um, and expectations. So it, that was definitely new, especially going from like London. Uh, which is probably quite typical. London and, and Hamilton are quite similar. And then going to Montreal, where they're like, so you're good with letting people in half an hour late? And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found that I found that a huge surprise yeah. when I was in Montreal. Just the fact that they were like, yeah, we're wondering if we can let people in late. And I'm just thinking like, uh... I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it catches you off guard, especially when they've got those big signs. I mean, it, especially in places like Toronto, uh, it's like you know, no latecomers, no that. These are the fringe yeah, yeah. rules, and then you go somewhere and it's fringe, but it's not actually the fringe rules. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the fringe rules are pretty. I mean, the 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 actual fringe rules are pretty simple. They they kind of have to yeah. give all the money back to the artists, and they have to do they have to select by a lottery, and everything else is is subject to um what they want to do and and uh, i i don't know uh, like that the the latecomer thing i guess it's okay if you're thinking about it because even if they're late you're still mm-hmm. getting their their full depends on the show their full ten dollars yeah. it does depend on the show with with mine i'd wonder if i like can i take the time to make yeah. fun of them if they come in late i don't i don't like i don't know um but it's like how do you handle that because it's not like it's a quiet no thing, not at all late. um even when they're trying to be quiet, it's never. Yeah, a quiet it's definitely day. you. You definitely have to make that decision yourself and and decide whether or not you're it'll disrupt the show or or add to the show. If yeah, if you can kind of make a thing about it when they come or or not. Yeah, I I, I don't know how I'd handle it yet. So that's one of those. Uh, like I had people in Hamilton. I had people come in like late to my show, which shouldn't have happened. But there was a whole thing going on outside, and I decided to make fun of <laughs> that's them. Good. Um, cause I, I think that's the only thing I could have done, but I don't know if I'd want to invite that to happen to each, each time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Cause you know, people will, if you're like, 
I think if you if you you know if people will come in late, if you make it available to them, they're going to come in late. So I don't know. Tricky, yeah. I mean, Montreal has the good thing where you can save five minutes, ten minutes, or fifty minutes, so that yes. you can uh, yes, that's true. Kind of make it a little bit easier on yourself that way, but uh, or you don't have to at yeah. all. So I mean, just having that more options in other cities or other cities are more stricter. I mean, I had no idea that all the rules were were different. <laughs> What did you? What did you decide uh, Montreal, to do? Montreal, I think I did um, probably ten minutes, ten minutes for latecomers because I kind of mm. do a, like a fifteen-minute uh, intro thing anyway before we actually fly to Ireland and Scotland and show. So that was right. that worked out for me, and I and I do have the ability to kind of like make fun of them for being late as well. Um, yeah. But I totally see where other shows where it it, it wouldn't work at all. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, were there other things that, that, that surprised you about the differences between the, um, the festivals? There were. I mean, I mean, Montreal had a whole, um, which London didn't have, and I'd only done uh, London. They had a whole kind of community space that was their office. Um, so mm. that's that's new. When I was there, they didn't have that, and I wish they had because I yeah, love that idea. Yeah, outside of the park, just having like a you know couches, people can come in and like, take a nap or, or or fix their flyers, and then they had like coffee and bagels. So, um, and and every time you walked in, they were just so thrilled to see you, and they'd ask you about all your sh- like how your shows are doing, what are you seeing, and see shows with you. So the the employees in Montreal were were very much in the festival with you, which was was really nice. That's one of the things that I find is unique about Montreal is the fact that like I, I've been to a bunch of fringes and uh, with the exception of of Hamilton, um, where you know I was able to meet mm-hmm. all of the fringe staff and you know to converse with them. Ha- Montreal previ- previous to that was really the only time I've really had interactions with with fringe staff, and they were always delightful and always always really really they, amazing. They really are. Around. They they want you to succeed and and they want to. Uh see as much as they can too they love the festival yeah absolutely did uh going from from montreal to ottawa did you find a difference between, uh, between those? yeah because you know montreal all all kind of um easy going then going to i mean ottawa's easy going too it's great but still they they're a little bit closer to um london with a more mm-hmm. typical way of doing things um so that it was kind of like, oh, okay, get get back into it. Um, but I but I had a great time in Ottawa. That yeah. was one of my the my favorite festivals. It, it, just so much fun. The the artists and the people, like the community and the touring people, kind of mesh a lot better. Probably the best than in any city I I went to. Um, so it's really great to kind of see that community mm. all come together to to support each other. That's very cool. That's very interesting because in a, in a lot of places there is a bit. I mean, I find in Ontario mostly, um, there's a bit of a difference or a bit of a separation between the local and the touring. Um, in Toronto, especially. <laughs> oh well, the Toronto Fringe is 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 very much a, a unique animal in that it it's. I think that touring shows are at a detriment in Toronto uh, because Toronto tends to be so focused yeah. on itself. That. And everybody who doesn't live in Toronto right now is going, well, Tor- big surprise, yeah. Toronto's focused on itself. But as far as, as far as Fringe is concerned, Toronto is very interested in what's going to be the next drowsy chaperone yeah. or Kim's convenience or the kink in, in her hair. Um, whereas a lot of other 
uh, fringes are very interested in what's coming from other mm-hmm. places, and, and or um, interested in kind of inviting them into the city and and and, and joining the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it was very different. Yeah, then again, going from Ottawa to Toronto, like whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> night and day. So previously, you'd only done the the, the London Fringe, and uh, so now you've done uh, five fringes, um, all of which are, are pretty close in in proximity to where you're from. Um, are there things that you learn from that about your show that you uh, want to, I don't know, make changes to the show or or work on something new for uh, when you for do it sure. next? For um, sure. I mean, doing it that many times um, in, in so many different places with so many different groups of people and audiences, um, you by the end of it, you for sure know what's working and what, what doesn't work. It's hard right off mm. the bat, I think, when you create something, you don't want, really want to let anything go. So, but after, you know, you've been through a, a good long run, you can kind of see where where you can use that blue pen and, and make some edits. Um, for my show specifically, I... I uh, met up with uh, you know someone who who liked the show and had some ideas for it. So I have a, a dramaturge that's going to work with me on it for next year, which will be great. nice. Did, did, how how quickly after performing it a few times did you realize that there were things that maybe you might want to work on for the future or that that weren't quite uh, what um, you wanted them to be? Probably after. I mean, I knew that it's it's on it's an on like this was my first attempt with it, and it still had a lot a lot of work mm. to do. Um, but uh, you didn't. I didn't really get the the feel of some different ideas and 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 be brave enough to start making changes until the th- Ottawa until the third festival. Were you making changes um, as you performed change. it, or were you just sort of little changes? About I actually things. changed the ending after the first festival. Yeah. Just a just a oh, small really? small cut. Um, that that changed the ending. I had a, another add-on before that I that I had cut, mm. um, and then yeah, and then I kind of started changing the intro a little bit as as I went along. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until I mean I'm a bit always a bit tentative to to make changes, um, but it wasn't until the third festival that I was brave enough to you know write some things down and, and try a, a few different other things to, to hopefully make. It that can that can be really scary i'm going to say right now that that um i mean i would improvise a little bit around my piece but the idea of of writing some new stuff and trying to work that in while performing it yeah i did less of that that would be terrifying (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know and i've heard of people who who can do that and i and props but i always say that i'm not someone who's who's naturally talented i have to like you know for everything that i do that's 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 done well there's there is like uh weeks and months and hours and hours and hours that i have to put into to it so yeah i don't think i could do that um yeah more like just little changes (laughs) like whether or not to be um in the audience when people are coming in or not uh make Oh, did, did, did you? Uh, did you I never did it that? until Hamilton, actually. That was one that I wanted to try in Toronto. I got the idea in Toronto. And then I tried it a, a, in a couple of different ways in Hamilton. Uh, and it, and it, yeah, it worked okay. Yeah. I don't, you know, I have to say, I don't remember you being yeah, in the audience. Yeah, I, st- I didn't I start it. trying it until the second half of Hamilton. 
Yeah. And then I just, okay. You know, so and would you, would you talk to people as they yeah. came in or would you just kind of not sort of worry so much about, you know, hiding behind this, this curtain um, and, you know, kind of just breaking that fourth wall a little earlier. So I just come out and say, hi, I'm Garland. Thanks for coming. Just little conversations like that. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm not, you know, back there and then, you know, fringe people are going to the bathroom and they can see you and you're like, Oh, hi. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask you now that we're talking about that. Cause I'm thinking about, um, cause when I performed this show in Hamilton, it's the first time I ever performed my show. Um, and, the first performance and you know i knew i was entering from the audience from the behind the audience and so which meant that in the venue i was in i -hmm. had to be out there at the back in full view so i had to come up with some ways to to handle that because that first performance i swear that if i looked at the audience i was coming in i was going to vomit or something um how did you feel because you know when you were performing this in london which is kind of your your home fringe how uh, how did it feel the first time in in london yeah, the um, first time you were performing was, the show. It was yeah. terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I had I had my tech <laughs> the day of, and I and I, yeah, and I oh. was really. I think I had the tech an hour before, like the tech finished, and then I had an hour, and then I was doing the show. Um, so, and I I had you know not really a whole lot of ideas of what I wanted the uh, lighting to be. I had some sound ideas. So we kind of all figured it out together. I had me, my director, um, someone who'd gotten all the sound for me was there. Someone else's director from another show came. So it was kind of of a a lovely, a a lovely, a family moment that everyone kind of came together and I had a wonderful Mm -hmm. tech and we, and we kind of lighting designed the show all all (laughs) in those three hours before. So stressful, stressful. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then, so that, how many hours between that tech and your first performance? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're, terrifying. You're making it me was, want to feel ill. It on your was, it was pretty right horrifying. Now. I mean, I got to warm up in this space for an hour, which was lovely because my tech was yeah. great. But, um, but it was, it was pretty scary because I had never done it for anyone else. I mean, I tried to make my family, uh, sit and be an audience member beforehand a uh, week before and they refused because they thought they wouldn't like it <laughs> and I'd see it on their faces but I'd never done it in front oh of anyone God. other than my director so it was That's really even... it was very nerve wracking that is nerve wracking I actually uh, I was advised by some friends who had performed solo shows before to try to do do it in mm-hmm. front of people beforehand um, so I got, I roped in, uh, a few, a few people, uh, to sit in a room, which was again, terrifying because I yeah. could see their faces and I wasn't sure one person, it looked <laughs> like they hated the show and I wasn't sure if that was just <laughs> them, their neutral face or, and I just sort of, I, I didn't know, uh, what was happening. And so I ended up not being able to look at anybody. I could oh, sort of only look yeah. around them. Um, because I was in a rehearsal hall, there was no mm-hmm. no lighting or anything, and so it was it was just like yeah. a very close proximity. It didn't really feel like a performance. So that when I got into the theater and with the lights and the sound and everything, I still felt like it was mm-hmm. the first time I was doing it. Um, 
what are your I mean what are the plans for for this for the for um, the show now? So I would like so I have a dramaturg that's going to work on it with me. Um I got it filmed on one of the days in Hamilton, so I'm actually going to see it for the first time, which is more horrifying than anything else. <laughs> that is a nerve wracking. Yeah, thing I debated right not, not watching it, but then I, 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 I need to obviously see it and and take notes and and kind of see what's working and what isn't. Um, so I've got that um, planned this week. Um, yeah, I'd like to kind of take it all the way out east or all the way out out, out west now, because um, I I still have a mm. lot of fun with it, and I'd like to kind of just it's it's probably like sixty or seventy percent there. It needs to be a little bit more more well rounded, mm. and it'll be ready to go. Cool. I think I think you will find some of the fringes uh, further west. Well, especially if you get to Winnipeg or Edmonton, they're very different in some really amazing ways um, than the ones out out mm-hmm. in the east here. Um, so much bigger and so much more than 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 if if we only know like if you only knew London going to Montreal, that's a bit of a shock. But then if we only know these smaller ones here and going to the massive ones in Winnipeg and Edmonton, that's that's an entirely different. And yeah, it's gonna thing. be a whole nother learning curve. <laughs> it's gonna be like starting from scratch. Really I'm kind of glad that I really I didn't, uh, you know, choose to do go that direction the first time around. Um, just because it was already such a huge learning curve for it. So, yeah. uh, I'm a little bit yeah. more prepared for next year, but uh, I at least I know that it will be you know a whole another range of things. The interesting thing about going to any like it doesn't really matter how many fringes you've done. The first time you go to any fringe, mm. there's a learning curve, like figuring out, you know, what what do the people here accept as a pitch? What do they? How does it? How do like? Do they line up? Do they not line up? Uh, how do you yeah, how do you sure. pitch to people? Like, um, I know it's a big thing know. too, is because London, Montreal, and Ottawa all overlap. Um, like getting to festivals late and and missing kind of that preview night is also can be real real hard for for the cities that do a preview night it can be very a big yeah. deal to miss that like it can really really hurt you yeah it's it's yeah it it's it can be really huge to 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 hit that now not every fringe does a preview night um, but the ones that do really, it, it becomes a big deal and a big part of how the early audience mm-hmm. decides what they're going to see, which is really kind of And that goes into a whole other thing of, I mean, uh, you know, of how to learning how to pitch your show, because um, that's very different than yeah, than just kind I mean, of showing a, a piece of it too. Yeah, and pitching the show—that's that's the a whole thing. Like how, like learning what, trying to figure out what what it is mm-hmm. that you're going to say to people. Um, and, and, and for me, I don't know about I don't know about you. For me, that's the ter- most terrifying part of Fringe is walking oh up gosh. to people and talking about my show. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Go ahead. The, no, I just wondering, like, how do, how do, for me as as an introvert, like, I have to psych myself up to walk to a line uh, and talk for to people. Sure, I don't think I even started really flyering until the end of Ottawa. Uh, 
uh, until the end of the Ottawa festival. Uh, it just, because I would do like maybe like three people, you know, a, a day, if that in London and Montreal, cause I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, a good moment where I was talking to a touring artist that's been doing this for years in uh, Ottawa and we were standing in line and there was a break where people weren't coming in. And I just turned to him and I said, you kind of have to sell a bit of your soul to do this, eh? And he's like, a piece of me died a long time ago. <laughs> it's so, it's so true. You just it's that, drop it just, some dignity oh, to like that. do it because... <laughs> You know, I've seen people who seem to thrive on it, and I don't. I don't know. I was talking. I was talking to TJ Daw like a while ago, and he hated it. And this is a guy who who you know people refer to him as a fringe god or a fringe legend, and he you know did not enjoy any of the the promotional stuff, like walking up to people and talking to them. So if if this fringe god cannot enjoy it i don't know what how the rest of us do it um but yeah it's it's one of those those things where i i totally get the a piece of me dies every time you just never know how they're gonna react i mean if it's if if people react positively then i mean it's it's not so bad because you're able to to kind of talk to them about about your show and they ask questions and you're able to share it but i mean there are some people who will walk away without saying anything and you're you're Oh, oh, I know. And, and, you know, and this happened to me in Hamilton. It hadn't really happened uh, since I did, uh, was at the Calgary Fringe, walking up to somebody and saying, hey, can I tell you about my show? No. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I don't know yeah, what I'm going to do now. And then you're just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, okay. So I guess I now have to move on <laughs> from this awkward conversation. You know? And I there's always know. other people yeah. listening too. So it's not even just you can like – find someone on their own like everyone around you in this in a crowd here <laughs> no and i guess you, you you either go okay so i'm going to skip over these five yeah. people here or just turn to the person next to them and so how about you? how about you yeah, you definitely have to keep a sense of humor or yeah. else it's just it's too it can be soul crushing otherwise um so you want to take it to, to, to other fringes and uh, uh, like if you were to – or do you have more shows, more solo shows in you? Have you been – have you caught the bug for that? Yeah, I definitely or, have. Or um, I've been thinking about writing a show uh, more based around just my ADHD for a long time um, and I've been talking mm-hmm. to another actor who also has it. And uh, we've talked about maybe doing like mm. a, a two-hander storytelling show, which is uh, something that I don't think I've ever seen. I'm sure it's happened, but I don't think I've seen it at, at Fringe before. Um, kind of sharing both of our stories and sharing our stories of, of our conversations that we've had with it and, and going from mm. there. So we're talking about getting into a room and, and trying some stuff out. Yeah. That's be- really cool. So you were mentioning earlier that, that, that you're, you're Yes, well, you're my on company Twitter. is, yeah, Squirrel, Squirrel so Soup and- uh, Theatre. Oh, so yes, you're you're yeah. on the company name? I'm de- I'm debating okay. <laughs> getting one myself now too because it's just so helpful. I can't believe how helpful Twitter is. It is so helpful. I actually, um, in in a lot of ways, I don't I don't know what we did 
on yeah. Fringe tours I, without I don't it. know how you guys survived, yeah. <laughs> like, with, without being able to both, like, talk, like, converse with people, talk to people, and even mm-hmm. get feedback from people uh, on Twitter. I don't, I really don't know uh, how Critics we Critics are on Twitter, too. Um, uh, I definitely got some, oh, I know, some I know. critics from Hamilton just because I, I tweeted at them. So, I mean just it's it's crazy how how big of a, an effect it can really have yeah absolutely um what about a, what about a website uh, we do, do you have a, have a website um, squirrel suit productions uh dot e my spot dot com yeah so that's got cool. kind of our because our cool. our company started a few years ago so we also, we're very big on, on collaborating with other companies and, and supporting other companies. So we're, we're all about trying to go see as much theater as we can. Um, we have different volunteer initiatives that we're doing um, throughout the year as well. So lots of stuff. So when you say we, uh, who, who, uh, who are the we of uh, Yeah, it's, uh, of uh, it's me and uh, my, uh, who is my director for, for Sayer Free, uh, Mel White, who uh, resides in London. Um, she's a paramedic and yeah, we started the company a few years ago. Uh, it was born in Toronto when we were both living in Toronto and then it's kind of moved around as we've moved. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's good that you're able to keep, keep like, you guys don't live in the same place, but you're able to keep working yeah, together. Yeah. I mean, I, cool. I bounce around, uh, a lot more, um, I mean, not, not too much going on in, in Niagara. So it's never been too much of an issue, luckily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, we're about at the end of, of the time that I have. So I want to thank you for coming on. And Yeah, uh, thank you so much. It was good chatting with you again. 